you please to honor and bless Leif Hetland with me. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Just wave to me and smile. Look at all, wow, look at all of you beautiful people here in California. Uh, it is so wonderful to be here. Uh, I don't know if you know the story that I was supposed to have been here yesterday. I am sure that you wouldn't want me to be here yesterday. Uh, but some, I think I experienced some food poison in a restaurant and ended up about 48 hours in bed. And so I just had some, uh, there were some small bumps in the road for me to get here. But uh, when I arrived here, I could just already feel the beautiful uh, yeah, weather of California. I was just, <clears throat> this is amazing because I was in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, right before. So we came from Jackson Hole and then went to Casper, and we had minus 16 in Casper. And right before that, I was in Tokyo, and before that, in the Philippines. And we were also in the Philippines during the typhoon. And I thank so many of you for praying during that season. Uh, we spent about 21 days and also unified the nation of the Philippines for the very purposes to see that what the enemy meant for evil, that God is going to use it for good. So... Uh, before I do anything, I, I wanted to just to take you on a journey to Pakistan. Uh, and uh, I'm going to just kind of, we're going to just have more heart-to-heart -heart time. Uh, I feel it's already that kind of a feeling here. It's more family feeling. So it's kind of if we're all just sitting by the fireplace and, and, and just getting to know each other. I want you to get to know my heart and for me to connect with your heart. And then hopefully during this journey, these couple of days together, that, uh, that we're going to be experiencing some both supernatural encounters and experiences that will be life-changing and life-altering. Uh, I was just thinking about it just in this last week. Uh, yesterday, no, two days ago, actually, I went into the bank. And my banker, who is a Hispanic uh, uh, yeah, Church of Christ non-instrumental, <laughs> But somehow he knows that I believe in healings. So uh, he shared about a year ago that his daughter had this rare form of leukemia. And there was nothing they could do. And yesterday when I walked, no, two days ago when I walked into the bank, he just ran up and he hugged me. And he said, my daughter is healed. <clears throat> I'm just sharing from this last week's a uh, couple of different things. <laughs> Another one that I really, really touched my heart. There was a group of people that came and asked me to pray for them in, in Casper, Wyoming. And one of them that I, and I'm honest, what I thought was a young man. I came up and said, excuse me, young man, but what, what are you asking Jesus to do? And, and I was 100% sure this was a young man. I found out it was a lady. And was very, very masculine. Had just come from uh, Afghanistan. And uh, you can say the sexual orientation was very clear. But very, uh, you could see that I've had a lot of scars all the way from childhood. Uh, not a believer, but uh, came to this meeting. And, and But during the next, uh, part of the things for me is, is how do we learn how to love people without an agenda? Yeah. Yeah. Without a hook. That there's, a, there's no sales gimmick. 
Uh, for the last seven and a half years, I've been learning the language of love, which is the language the blind eyes can see and the deaf ears can hear. Uh, another one of the experiments that we have tried to do is how do you getting into an atmosphere that is filled of fear, leak in love and change the very environment because perfect love casts out fear. Because what you are beholding is what you are becoming. You teach what you know, but you reproduce what you are. You first get a message, but it is not before the message got you. And there's no longer a difference between you and the message that you can leak it. And when you get squeezed, what's in you comes out. <laughs> so part of my practice ground in the school of love, I had an glorious baptism of love experience in year 2000 that changed my life. Before then, I was known as a power evangelist after Randy Clark had prayed for me, June 6, 1995. If you're familiar with Randy Clark, he always talks about two stories. One is Heidi Baker, one is Leif Hetland. That's kind of the two stories out of Toronto, and both uh, ministries and lives have seen over a million names added to the Lamb's Book of Life. But uh, the biggest thing after that encounter was I was an orphan with an orphan spirit that suddenly received dynamites or power. So now I had an, an anointing. And when you're an orphan with an anointing, you can become very dangerous. You can blow yourself up. You can blow your marriage up, your family up, if you're not comfortable with love. If you're not comfortable with into me see, intimacy. So during this amazing journey, 2000, I had this incredible encounter with love. I call it a baptism of love. Actually, I have a few books out there, and let me just mention that very quickly. Uh, we have a, you can get three books for $25. If you, don't, if you don't have money, I would be more than happy to give because it's not for that purpose. But usually what I do is the resources I get from that I give to because we get books uh, into Urdu in Pakistan or now in Vietnam and in Thailand, di different parts of the world. So I translate the books into different languages. One is the baptism of love which I believe is one of the biggest missing pieces for this next reformation that is coming. Not just the, a revel, uh, the first reformation restored Jesus, justified by faith and grace alone. And the first reformation changed the world. I don't know if you're aware of that. But if it was not for the first reformation, you wouldn't have a middle class in California. We need to understand that the first Reformation providing people uh, to learn how to read and write and a lot of these things. And Gutenberg early on had a printing press. Suddenly now everybody started to have access to the Word of God. And the individual now had access to Jesus. You didn't have to go to a priest to stand between you and the Father. And it's a phenomenal reformation that also was connected with the Renaissance and a whole creativity and a whole university system and everything that we know it. And uh, there's something amazing about their Reformation. But we know what unified people was doctrine. It has a lot of strengths. And we celebrate and we honor the first Reformation. But the weaknesses was that it was pretty powerless. Because as soon as somebody disagreed, they got divorced. And they started another church, another denomination. Because what kept them together was agreement or doctrine. And there's nothing wrong. There's just something that is not right.
I said, there's nothing wrong with doctrine, but there's something that is not right. Because if me and my wife, if the whole thing that's going to keep us together is agreement, what happens when we disagree? So there is something more. Say there is something more. <laughs> Jesus had been around for over 1,500 years. But the people were not aware of it. There needed to be a reformation that took place. We're not talking about renewal or revival. It was reformation. The second reformation that was coming in, and we are familiar with that, the Holy Spirit has been around like Jesus from eternity past. But the Holy Spirit, especially the first major outpouring, was on Pentecost. The second major outpouring was there at Sousa Street. 1906. Actually, it started around 1903 and started a little bit in Kansas and then it touched Australia and then 1904 suddenly touched Wales and these things started to spread. There was a revival that happened in Wales. All of these things are connected. It was the same spirit that was moving, that was setting up a stage and in Los Angeles, in California. The second reformation was birthed here. There had been a gestation period for a long period of time, but the birth happened here. And today, over 600 million believers around the world are experiencing both the Word and the Spirit. If you overemphasize the Word, you dry up. If you overemphasize the Spirit, you blow up. You bring them together, you grow up. So we saw the remarriage of the Word and the Spirit. So we're seeing a move of God's Spirit happening. But what I'm saying, and so the second baptism, Jesus, he had a baptism of water with John. The dove came upon him. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I want you to know that the superglue was when he was baptized in love. It was the very affirmation of Papa. The affirmation of the Father, that was the superglue that kept the dove there. If not, you will only have a visitation of the dove, and you will not have habitation. And a lot of places, they have the dove visiting, and then they live with pigeons the rest of the week. <laughs> and I want you to know that pigeon religion is very different than when the dove is there. So I'm saying that, so I've written a few different books, and um, we have some CDs out there. Uh, just Let me just mention, uh, seeing through heaven's eyes is, how do you see God? Because how you see God, your view of God is totally, if you're talking about yourself, it's also connected to how you see God. Because how you see God is also how you see yourself. And how you see you is how you see the people around you. And how you see people around you is also how you see the future. And it's all connected to your eschatology. So it is up. Say the word up. up. Then it is in. Then it is out. Then it is forward. Four-dimensional glasses. And uh, seeing through heaven's eyes, start with, what about if you had a view of God that looked like Jesus? What if you were able to see your life and see yourself? Who were you before the foundation of the world? Who were you before your mom and dad got close? Because the Bible says, even before you were in your mother's womb, he knew you. And when you were saved, what were you saved for? Was it so that you could get to heaven or so that heaven could get to you? Just a question. So seeing through heaven's eyes, healing the orphan spirit, baptism of love. And then also just one that is about supernatural abundance. I really do believe that a lot of us, uh, we're stopped dreaming with God. 
because of lack. And also sometimes because of a spirit of poverty. And what I mean with that is if, if you need $10 but you have $9, that is called insufficiency. If you need $10 and you have $10, that's called sufficiency. If you have $11 but you need $10, that's called abundance. The purpose for abundance is for all good works and all good deeds. So let me just throw these out and then... Anybody here? Over here. All the way in the back. Just wave again. Let me just get your attention for a second. So part of my journey has been is I've been on a journey to learn how to love well. Learning how to love without an agenda. And part of the places I got to practice this is in the darkest places in the world, in the Muslim world, where the gospel has never been before. So I'm going into places in the Middle East. I just want to take you on a little trip to Pakistan just for a moment. Because I think that the message has a different authenticity. If not, you would say, well, you do not understand. I mean, this is in California. I said, I know. <laughs> uh, uh, or people say, oh, this is Oregon, or this is Seattle, or it's difficult here. Or, or this is in New England, this is in Boston, or it's hard, or in the south. Oh, we have a lot of religious spirit here. I, let, I say, let me show you the Taliban. Afterwards, you think you live under your open heaven. It all has to do with your perspective. How do you see things? So let me take you on a little journey from our last trip to Pakistan. Let me just explain the background of this. And, and you will see the video starts. When I watched on CNN, suddenly radical Muslims are coming in. Dark, long beard, dark eyes going into Christian villages, into a Christian town called the St. Joseph Colony. And they start to burn down and they start to destroy everything. People are full of fear. We watch these horrific things on the news. And in the next moment, they also burn down 80 businesses, many churches. Automatically for me, when I see that the enemy is attacking, I know there's a thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I make sure to represent somebody who comes to give life and life abundantly. So part of the assignment that I had on this trip was, this was just this year, was the going in and to making sure that everything that the enemy did is going to cost them something. I refuse to just watch on the news, including now with a typhoon, where actually on my way here on the airplane, while I was sitting on the airplane, I'm organizing to get a hospital mobilized over there. Or food for that would equal about one and a half million portions of food. And automatically when I'm sitting there and seeing what can we do to give people an upgrade in the middle of the devastation. And how can the goodness of God, because the goodness of God is at stake every single time we see these things take place. Is God good? And, and are you very valuable? And that was part of my assignment. So what one of the assignments we did was... How do I go in there and be able to bring the top Muslim leaders? But the top Muslim leaders didn't want to go because there was an election coming up. And it was connected to a lot of the tension in the nation. And then afterwards, how do we bring the top Muslim leaders of the nation together, including the Pope's representative and everybody else of the different religion fraction, and then to release Jesus as a Prince of Peace? And then how do we do an 
open door meeting to be able to change the environment and an atmosphere, bring heaven to earth. And in a matter of three days, 87,200 people are surrendering their life to Jesus. Just watch and let's see what God is doing. And be utterly amazed because he's going to do something in your days. You wouldn't believe it if you were told. Habakkuk 1.5. I just uh, wanted to thank every single one of you for uh, giving and praying so that I have an opportunity to go to Pakistan. Uh, it is such a joy to be able to be back home, uh, to be able to see everyone and to be alive. It was a wonderful, wonderful trip. say wow. wow let's say backwards wow. that's very good you're very sharp here in california it is an overwhelming feeling and part of my message tonight that i just sense i want to share i don't know if i will preach or just share but i would i would call it finding your voice there's seven point two billion people in this world 
but there's only one person like you. And there's something unique. There's something valuable. Each one in this room carry something that the rest of the world is just waiting for being found and being explored. There's something unique about you. And my sadness is every single time when I drive by what I believe is the wealthiest place in the world, it is to go and, 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 and to drive by a funeral home. And going and seeing all the graves. I like looking at graves. And I'm reading there sometimes when I'm in Ireland and other places. You have these old gravestones. And my wife and I, we go and look at those different places. And you can see they either died young or old. But I was sitting and thinking about it. What about all of these people that are around in the graveyard? There is that book that was never written. There is that song that was never sang there's that business that was never started there's that intervention or excuse me intervention then the invention that was never created i'm seeing all of those different things and 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 there's something that is very sad in my heart because part of my assignment is to raise up an army of history makers and world changers and uh, just part of my story i am from the country of norway uh, so uh, my accent, I'm not from Atlanta. That's just where I live. I know you were surprised by that. <clears throat> I'm actually from a very small town. But I wanted to talk about finding your voice, sharing a little bit of my story to set it up also for tomorrow. Because uh, uh, what actually take place, because there's something unique, and there was something unique about me, and there was something unique about you. Uh, and to put it in a very simple terminology, just to provoke if there's any religious spirit left in California. There was 50 million sperm cells. All of them on the race towards a dropping egg cell. And you won. Give yourself a good hand. You won. You were one out of 50 million. Congratulations. Wow. Even before you were in your mother's womb, Psalm 139. What is it about you? Why did you win? What is it that makes you so unique that made you a winner? You started out that way. And if I had a chance to sit down with any one of you, including, like I mentioned, just the person in Casper that I thought was a boy until the person introduced the name. I put my arms around and just hugged and loved and hugged and loved. Didn't share the gospel, didn't ask if they're going to get saved. But by the third day, just came up to me out of nowhere. Just put the arms around and just started to weep on my shirt. And says that I am tired of running and I want Jesus to coming in and take over my life. It's not just about the multitudes, but it is about those individuals. It is about that one poor waitress in the Philippines when the Spirit just told me to give her a certain amount of money that was more than one month's salary. Didn't share the gospel, good old Catholic girl, but at that moment the glory of God hit her. She broke into tears and she started to worship Jesus. And she, something changed in her heart just through generosity. But how does love and action look like in a community? How does it look like when heaven invades earth? How does it look like when we have true, genuine community? When we suddenly are connecting with God, and then the same connection we have with Him, we start to connect with one another, and we start to connect with people. Where we are lamb on the inside, but lion on the outside. 
We've had a lot of lions and training to be lions and to roar like lions, but we've done it without having the hearts of lambs. And Jesus was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, but he was also the lion of the tribe of Judah. So before authority, we need intimacy. And I'm just going to share a little bit of my journey that led up to this because I want us to find a voice tonight. I want you to find your voice. California is waiting for you to find your voice. Your community is waiting for it. Your family is waiting for it, for you to find your voice. When all of the things and the experiences come together with your skills, with your talents, with your passions, with your purpose, all of these things come together. It's called convergence. And the year 2014 is a year of convergence for the people that will tap into it. But if I had an hour with each one of you, I could, and you tell me about all of the different problems and struggles. If you have struggled with addiction, it could be pornography, it could be divorce, it could be uh, an abuse when you were a child, it could be somebody left you. Whatever issue, you just tell me what issue you struggle with. And I can sit there for an hour with you and you just tell me all your problems and I can tell you what your destiny is. But let me just say a statement before I say anything more. God will not treat you in behalf of your history, but your destiny. Let me say that again. God will not treat you in behalf of your history, but your destiny. Even while he was a Jacob, he was treated as an Israel. He was blessed. God saw Israel. God saw, even in a young shepherd boy, he saw a king. Abraham, even when he was an Abraham, he saw him as an Abraham. When he saw Moses, he, he, he didn't just see Moses there killing an Egyptian and this and that, but he saw a deliverer of his people. I mean, he sees the destiny, he sees something unique. But the sadness of my heart is there's very few people that are coming into conversion because after there is prophecy, after we've had... Some people are just getting saved. But after they've had an encounter with Jesus, then all hell seems to be break loose. And somehow, some of us, we bought into a gospel that you raise your hand and everything is going to be good. And then suddenly in the next moment, that very seed that came there starts to be tested. And the question is, what kind of a soil is it that it came into? And then sometimes what we're doing is we're trying to disciple all of those different people. And I see so much frustration when people do not understand. Say understand. When you do not understand, what you don't understand, you don't know how to value. Say value. What you don't know how to value, you don't know how to steward. Say steward. Let me put it in a simple terminology. If I were to give you this ring, if you thought it was a diamondique or if you thought it was a cubic zirconia or you thought it was glass, the way you were treated would be very differently than if you knew it was a diamond. Your understanding has all to do with the value and the value has to do with how you're taking care of it, how you're stewarding it. So you can receive a touch, but if you don't know what touched you, what happens often when you have an impartation, that's what changed Pretty much my life, June 6, 1995, where I'm a Baptist pastor, and I'm not chasing rabbits. I'm getting back to the understanding. But I want you just to see, because sometimes if you're thinking linear, forget about taking notes, get to CD, because what I do is I speak mind maps. 
So what I do is I go up on different branches of the tree and then I put it together with a kingdom template. But what I'm doing here now is just flowing here because June 6, 1995, Randy Clark came. And I was a Baptist pastor and my desperation level was greater than my fear level. And my wife and I, we came to a smaller group than the group that is in this room. And my biggest dream at the time, if you were to ask me, what is your dream? I said, is to grow our Baptist church from 155 to 200. And we have about 188, and I'm pretty much burned out. This is before I knew how to cast out a deacon. <laughs> this is before I knew about deacon possession. <laughs> I love deacons. <laughs> So here on June 6, 1995, and I carried that with me in my bag picture of Randy Clark here. But we stood in a line there, and Randy is going down the line, touch him, bless him, fill him. And everybody got touched, and you could just start to see these people falling down. I'm a Baptist pastor standing. But when he came to me, he looks at me, and he stares. And I was thinking, I was just going to get touched, bless, but instead say, hey, you are a bulldozer. I'm thinking, no, 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 I'm a Baptist pastor. I didn't know much about prophecy. And I see, I, I see you going into the darkest places in the world where nobody has ever been before. But you're going in, it's like the Amazon jungle and all these trees are falling over. And this huge light is following after you. And then thousands of people are following you. And in the next moment, the power of God hit me. I ended up on the floor, and it was a mixture of electricity and fire. And I do not know, two, two and a half hours, I was totally wasted. And for the next week, there was something that had changed in me. That's the good news. The bad news was that seed now starts to come alive. And then the enemy is trying to do everything to stop destiny. Actually, it started before then. Because God knew what you saw up on that video. God knew before the foundation of the world that I was supposed to be an ambassador of love. Tomorrow I will show you the video where the top governments, the top Muslim leader calls me the ambassador of love. But, but, but that was spoken from eternity past. But how are you as a Baptist pastor from a little town where I've seen more people saved in a night than my whole city? How does these things happen? How do we go from where we are to where we're going to be? How do we move from history towards destiny? How do we find a voice? How do we move into convergence? How do we raise up instead of a man after God's own heart? How do we raise up a culture after God's own heart? And if one can do a thousand to ten thousand, what could hundred people in this room do? How could we shake a state? If we are two people, me and I take one of my spiritual son who has been here, Paul Yotto has been here. If I just bring, I brought him with me. And you know what we did a second night? I said, listen, everybody. I normally do not do that. 60,000 people. I said, tomorrow my Filipino adopted son. I call him adopted son because they wouldn't know the spiritual language. He is going to come up here. And when he speak, you're going to start to see he's going to release fire. And you're going to feel your body is going to be like on a fire. If you're paralyzed, you're going to walk. If you're blind, you're going to see. If you have no eyeball, it's going to be created right now. He's going to start to release and heaven is going to come down. 
in a Muslim area. And he's kind of a more quiet if you know him. Like some of the Philippines, he's like, he's sitting behind me. So I said, so everybody, are you ready now for heaven to come down? Fire to come from heaven. Come, Paul. And he's like, he didn't know about it. <laughs> that is being set up in front of 60,000 people. But do you know what he knows about? My daddy believes in me. He knew about seven years ago that he was an orphan with an orphan spirit that was struggling just to survive. And he was fathering a movement of orphanages where orphans came together struggling to survive. And they were begging and crying out to God. They lived in poverty. And they knew not that seven years later that suddenly there are a culture changing culture, not just in the Philippines, but in many nations around the world. So he knew that if my, my papa believed in me, my dad, my spiritual father gave me a father's blessing. And when my spiritual papa says I can do something, I can. He had a history knowing what God wanted to do. And when he stood up there, the beauty of it was that God showed up. And it is no longer about who does it, but within a family context, we have a family account. But the master key is sonship. That's including you ladies, because it is a spirit of sonship that says, Abba, Father, Daddy. So I'm just saying that as a story. So June 6, 1995, what I didn't know not long afterwards, somebody's about to go on the edge. I'm sitting in a Baptist pastor's conference, jump on the top of my head while I'm sitting in a swimming pool and destroys my neck. And I'm, uh, I'm in very good shape at that time period. Working out six times a week. When I heard the word, I'm like, yeah, we can change the world. But now, instead, I'm laying in a hospital. Cannot do anything. That looks like a paradox when you're laying in a hospital and you cannot do anything. I have vertical. At that time, we had three kids. Later on, when I found out they were waiting or expecting child number four, it didn't get easier. When you later on have four children and then August 2nd, 1998, at that time, we're going to the nations and then the car accident comes in and I break my back and break the rest of my body. And the next year in the body cast. I'm not saying that for you to feel sorry for me. I want you to know that there was a destiny over my life. And even before I was in my mother's womb, he knew me. He had preordained something significant over my life. So even while I was in my mother's womb, the enemy tried to kill me. And it was a major surgery without my mom knowing she was pregnant. It started to take place. But when I was 12 years old, there was an abuse that took place to try to steal my identity. And I could just go on. Experience after experience after experience. All of this is connected to God has a destiny for my life. Moses, he's trying to kill all the baby boys because there's a deliverer coming. The enemy is trying to go after all the babies because Jesus the Savior is coming. So there's a connection where the serpent has bitten you is where you have the greatest authority. I want you to get that as an eagle Christian. Where the serpent has bitten you is the area where you have the greatest authority. So some of you have a calling for family, for purity, for certain things in your life, the culture that you're supposed to raise. So, and that's so many times that the enemy knows that. And he goes in early on in your life. And he tried to disconnect you. And I'm just saying that because part of my heart. I came here not because I don't have anywhere else to go. I get four or five hundred invitations a year. And I travel all the time. We have about 350 churches, just my network. 
And I'm saying that because that there's something significant about this place. I was here two years ago, but small is the new big in the kingdom. I, I want you to get as small is the new big in the kingdom. What God is doing right now, he is creating a culture that is about to change the culture. He's not looking for another visitation. He's looking for habitation. And he's looking for somebody that can host heaven. He's looking for an atmosphere where somebody will build a place where he feel like home. Not to be a visitor in somebody's meeting. Uh, are you getting me? There's been enough visitation. But I'm just telling you the story, the journey, the attack after the attack, then the tumor. I have a big scar here, eight inches, and I could go and tell story after story. Eleven years on opiates. Actually, I went to treatment center here in California. Eleven years on opiates because of pain. And I'm supposed to be in the healing ministry. Doesn't that look like a paradox? So when you're seeing what is up there, the reason I'm doing that is because I want you to know in your own life that if you have a voice, little baby, little push, big baby, big push. And the enemy is going to do anything that he can to abort what you are carrying. And pretty much what I want to do tonight is to restore back again the destiny and the voice over your life. Who are you? And let me just encourage you. You are an original, so do not die a copy. Copies are very cheap. Originals are very valuable. And there's three specific things as a basic foundation that the enemy is going after. Number one, identity. Say that with me. Say identity. The enemy is trying to steal the identity, your identity. The identity of the family. Identity of the church. He is on an identity theft. And he's stealing identity all over the place. And most believers don't know who they are and whose they are. They do not know their value. And that's the second thing. Say dignity. The second thing the enemy will do in each one of our life, he's trying to steal. He's trying to devalue you. And I don't know if it was Bill or Chris, but one of our friends said, Jesus didn't die on the cross to make you valuable. He died on the cross because you are valuable. Let me say that again. Jesus didn't die on the cross to make you valuable. He died on the cross because you are valuable. There was something that heaven saw over your life. That when the father dreamed. And I want you to know this is the family language. The father dreams. Sons and daughters have vision. Father God who dreamed. The old dream dreams and the young see vision. Father God had a dream but the son had a vision. And I want you just to capture the scene from heaven where you have a father-son spirit. And they have this beautiful, they have this wonderful idea. Do you know, we want a family. Let's create a place. What we have here in heaven, let's create a place on earth. Let's create a community the way we have community. Let's create the very love that is between us. Let that love be in them. Read John 17. The very glory that is between us. Let that glory be in them. Let's create an environment. And then let them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. It didn't say do. It says be fruitful. Be full of fruit. And then multiply. Multiply. Multiply what you become. 
So back to the understanding. What you do not understand, you don't know how to value. What you don't know how to value, you don't know how to steward. When you don't know how to steward it and know how to take care of that seed that I got before there was birth. Before there was a million Muslims. What happened when I'm sitting in Disney World and I have my daughter on my lap? What happens when you're sitting with a doctor's office and they say you're going to die? What happens when you're sitting in the wheelchair and you cannot get up? I have a dream. This is how God sees me from eternity past. This is who actually I am. This is not who I am. I am not the sick person that is trying to get healed. That's not, who I, that's not how God sees me. And in the middle of all of that, I know that I'm going to have to walk again. When that tumor, when that surgery is, I don't know what's going to happen. They have to raise me from the dead. But I know this is what God has spoken over my life. This is what his calling is over my life. And I cannot die. It's an impossibility. I've had guns to my mouth. I've had so many incidences where I was supposed to be dead. But I'm telling you what an honest heart is that when I'm here, my smile is a genuine smile. My purpose of sharing this story in my own life is just to say to you is God believes in you. I know you believe in God, but God believes in you. There's something unique. There's something special about each one of you that I would like you to grab hold of tonight. And I'm going to finish. Actually, I think we're going to do an importation tonight. I knew there was, when I got here, there was an importation I was supposed to give. And it will change you, I promise. It's going to change the way that you see God, the way you see yourself. But part of the thing that I'm feeling and sensing so clearly, God is doing something unique here. And I'm not talking about just in this church. I'm talking, there's family, there's, there's things. And, I, and as soon as I had a cancellation, I knew that this was the place that I was supposed to be. And I was supposed to invest this week in here for the very purpose because God says, I want them to get their identity back. Say identity. Second of all is dignity. Say dignity. Dignity has to do with a value. Say value. You are not an old clunker. Somebody maybe thinks so. Maybe you thought yourself. And as a result, when you park your car, you squeeze yourself in and you get scratches constantly because you do not know the value. And you let people throw trash. But you put boundaries on if you know how valuable you are. And that's the second thing this weekend that you're going to get. You're going to get an upgrade in value. Say value. Because if you're valuable, you will add value to everybody else around you. Instead of coming to take, you know how to give. And there is a time that you're receiving. But the time is also coming for you to get your upgrade so that you can start. When you're coming in here, everybody else's value goes up because you came in. If a Ferrari 458 Italia is being parked out in the parking lot, the average car double in average value. I don't know if you're getting my point. But you are very valuable. Say, I am valuable. I am very valuable. The father dreamed and the son had a vision. And we know the story, how they created. And I do not have the time to take us through it. But what I want you to see, the major thing that killed Jesus. Do you know what that was? Let me tell you. It was disconnect. When Jesus became an orphan. So that you and I can be sons and daughters. Just think. Eli, Eli, 
lama zabartani. Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? For the first time from eternity past, there was a separation between a father and a son. Why did that happen? So that you and I could be reconnected back again to Papa God. Back again to intimacy. So that you could again hear his voice. So that you could see his face. And then look in the mirror and see what he sees. And then look at other people. Not looking at people based upon their history, but their destiny. Not seeing people the way they are, but the way they're going to be. Feeling his love, and that perfect love will take away fear. Experiencing his presence and living his pleasure. That has to do with dignity. And number three is dreams. Say dreams. That's the overall of the three things that is going to happen this weekend. Say identity. Dignity. That has to do with value. And number three is dreams. Say dreams. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when you start to desire again and dream again, it's the tree of life. And there's two different dreams that is going to be released. One of them, there's dreams that God has. There's dreams over your life, over your family. There's dreams over this community. There's dreams that he has over the whole Silicon Valley. Did you know that God has dreams? Do you know there's things in heaven that God wants to see here on earth? Do you know that when you're praying, your kingdom come, your will be done? What is his will? What's in heaven on earth? On earth as it is in heaven. That's God's will. Do you know why we are not seeing heaven on earth? Because God is looking for sons and daughters that are dreaming with him. That are coming into the agreement that he has. And starts to dream with him. But before we can dream with him, we need our identity. And we need our value back again. Understanding that we are valuable. And then we can start to add value to everybody else that is around us. And then the dreams. And the second dream. This is one of my exciting things in this season. And I've had the joy of doing that with 400 people from the Philippines. And you met Paul Yado. We experimented with 400 people. It's called desire. Say desire. Desire means of the Father. That's what the Latin word means. D and desire. Of Father. You delight yourself in me. I, God says, I will give you, you, the desire of your heart. I give you the of the Father desire of the Father. I, I don't know if you're getting it. I don't know if it is getting you. But this kind of a thinking can lead to dancing. Be careful. And the joy of the Lord can become your strength. But I want you to get this. This is very basic, little overview. But I want to put this together. These are the three basic things that we're going to spend a little bit more and use different languages. But this is the three things in the journey and i'm saying say journey journey towards destiny say destiny because you are on a journey towards destiny and uh, tomorrow i'm going to spend much more time on the journey or the different tests we go through so that we can have the testimony how we're going to learn how to be faithful in the natural how we're going to be faithful in the middle of our needs and crisis how we're going to be faithful in relationship and covenant and community how we're going to be faithful in ruling and reigning that's part of the program for tomorrow but today we're going to get the impartation. How many of you know that there is a change in your life that you need? Let me see. How many here needs an upgrade? And if not, we can walk in your shadow afterwards. <laughs> and everybody will be healed.
I, I am coming here as, as your brother, but here is, say identity, say value, say dreams. First, God has dreams of things that is in heaven that wants to be here on earth. But the second dreams, you delight yourself in me. When you get the other parts in place, the alignment, there's a kingdom alignment for the kingdom assignment. Now he says, now you. It's like, hey, what would you like for Christmas? <laughs> Hi, little girl, what would you like for Christmas? So do you see, when, when I, did, I did this in Colorado Springs, I just did a whole conference on desire, desire of the Father. And I started to release, you know, when I went to all the adults, and I said, what would you like? What would you like, Papa, to do for you? Do you know what I finally did? I brought all the kids from Children's Church. I lined them up in the front, in the front of all the parents. I said, get all the kids out from nursery to... Everyone from probably two years and up to eight, and I went down the line. I said, hi, little Johnny. What, is, uh, what would you like? And, oh, I want to be a fireman, or I want to be an astronaut, or I want to be a professional basketball player. I went down to every kid down there. And when one, yeah, one, one of the kids came in there, oh, well, I, I am going to be a Hall of Famer. And another kid said, well, I want to be a Hall of Famer too. But it was a little Johnny, an African-American, about eight-year-old boy. He captured my heart. There's always somebody that gets to me. And I said, Johnny, what would you like? He said, I want to be a soldier. I said, soldier? Is your parents here? And they kind of away. Are they in the army? And no, he said, no. But why would you want to be a soldier? He said, I, I want to give back to my country. Uh, I want to give my life for my country and for the freedom. Nobody had placed that in his heart. And I was just, I started to, I started to leak. <laughs> I said, Johnny, you, you want to be a, yes, he said, I want to be a soldier. I said, wow. But I finished with all of the children. And then I looked at the adults and we started to impart to them. Because here, here, here is the case. And I know I'm rattling, I'm putting it all together. But I want you to get this. If I, but many of us, we've stopped dreaming. We've stopped having desire. Do you know why? Because of disappointments. There was a time that I dreamed, but then there was the layoff. That was before the bankruptcy. That was before the divorce. That was before the abuse. That was before my father left me. That, and the list just goes on and on. All these disappointments, all the discouragements, all the distractions, and all the delays, the four major Ds. That are dream killers. Disappointment, discouragements, distractions, and delays. And then suddenly Papa's here with his sons and daughters again saying, Hi little boys, hi little girls, what do you want? Well, whatever thou want is dad. Eh, wrong. <laughs> That's not the question is. If my four and I have four and one son in law. Christmas time is coming, and I say, what will you like for Christmas? They don't say, oh, whatever thou wantest, Dad. <laughs> I guarantee you they don't. They start a list. And tomorrow afternoon, we're going to spend a little bit more because it's going to be more activation and practical. But I want you to start to make some of your new list. You're going to get your identity back as a beloved son and daughter. You're going to see who are you, what is so valuable about you. You're going to ask Papa. You're going to look in the mirror. You're going to ask yourself some good questions. How do you see me, God? 
I want you to ask him that question. God, what do you see in me? What is so valuable about me? What is it that you made your son, if it was just me in this world, that you would let him leave heaven's glory to come down to this earth and to pay the ultimate price, to take my shame so that I could be glorified, to take my sins so that I would be righteous, to take my punishment so that I would be forgiven, to, make, to take my sickness and disease so by his stripes I'm healed. All these amazing divine exchanges. Why would you do that, Papa? What is it about me? And what is it that the enemy has constantly been after? What is it that the enemy is trying to shut up? Where is it that the enemy is trying to stop my voice? What is the unique me? What is, listen, what is your special sauce? What is your special sauce? What is the unique you? The unique factor. What is it that when people come around you, they will taste and they will see that he is good? What is it that is so valuable about you? Each one of us have that. I call it also the sweet spot, but the special sauce. When I go to Jackson Hole, do you know, I think already now for next year when I go to Jackson Hole, around the same time period, do you know what I'm going to do in Jackson Hole? I'm going to go there and there is this lamb beautiful salted lamb, and they have this peppermint sauce there. And that peppermint sauce, for a whole year I look forward to it. (laughs) There's a place there we can get barbecue sauce. I'm willing to drive an hour. And people are willing to drive an hour, two hours to come to be able to experience some of heaven on earth, to experience a true community, to experience to be connected, to experience saying, whoa, when people were cancer, they would come from all over to get healed. When they're finding out that there is a healing community, just being part of a body that the immune system has become so healthy that cancer cannot even stand it. Because the body has started to operate the way it's supposed to. Because each person knows who they are and whose they are. They've been restored back again to value. They become whole. And each person in this environment, I call it a dream culture, has started to dream with God. And then they start to pull from heaven the desires of their hearts. And starts to change the environment because of their environment has changed. That's part of my dream. You are included in my dream, by the way. That's why I'm here. Uh, I'm no longer satisfied for me to going around the world. I've been to 78 nations, 50 states. And I'm not saying that to brag. I told you my story. There's absolutely nothing that a Norwegian Baptist, even before then, abused, hurt, wounded, addicted, tumor, broken neck, broken back. I have chronic pain. I don't know from day to day how I'm going to do. I wake up every single morning knowing that I'm his happy thought. That he is for me and he is not against me. I wake up knowing that, like Graham Cook says, there's no good days or bad days. There's only grace days. Sometimes there's the grace to enjoy and sometimes there's the grace to endure. In the last couple of days, I've had some grace to endure. But I want to be authentic with you. I don't want you to see some superstars. I'm known all over the world for some of the things that I'm doing. But I want you to see because... uh, Part of my calling is to release ordinary people to do extraordinary. And all of the people God is using is just a little old niece, like my friend Randy Clark says. It's just regular people. There's suddenly, see, it is okay. Say it's okay. 
Don't give up. Say, don't give up. Say, I am valuable. I'm here to encourage us this evening. And here's the last picture and then the impartation. And I know the time is running late, but we have, we have the time. Would you like that impartation? This, is, this changed me, and it's hard for me to, to share this without crying. But last year, and you will hear more about the convergence tomorrow, but last year I had this incredible opportunity because I got the call. We were in the Philippines with my Filipino family, and every year we go there and hang out with my Filipino family, and suddenly three doors opened up for me, and it was one of those. There was something that took place, and God started to open up. But the favor was so amazing that I started to be embarrassed. I've seldom experienced that the favor was so great, but I started to be embarrassed, and I, I didn't feel adequate. I was asked to speak with a, Eddie Villanueva was one of the churches. It's the largest church in the Philippines, or perhaps in the world, with like three million people around. Jesus is Lord. And then there was some senators and governors, and actually the president of the Philippines was also at one of the meeting, 3,500 missionaries from 202 nations. Then there was a billionaire with 486 of his executives. All of these things in one day is just coming together. And here I'm like, but I felt so overwhelmed. I'm like, God, I, I don't know what to do and what to say. And no false humility. I'm just honest with you. I just, I was tired and... I'd rather be in the secret places with my lover because that's where I get secrets. But many times what happens, I go into the secret places with my lover and I get secrets. Then everybody wants a secret conference. And I want you to write a secret book. And, and everybody wants you to talk about the secret conference. And So I just felt this ache. I just wanted to be with him. And, and now all of these things. And all my Filipinos are like, oh! Go, Daddy Leif, go. They call me Daddy Leif. Go, Daddy Leif. This is going to be exciting. And wow, and so-and-so is going to meet. And this person. Uh. And I'm like, it didn't help. The dove, the dove left me, and I was left with pigeons. And I just started to feel, I don't want this. And we sat in the car, and they were wondering, are you okay? I said, yeah. I was not honest. I just did a religious thing. Yeah, okay. I'm, I didn't want anybody to pray for me right there. I just had to process and I'm like, God, I, I need some help here. Here I am, your favorite one, your little boy. Uh, because I'm, I'm safe, and you are safe with me when I'm a son. If I become the apostle and the Dr. Leif and all those other titles, the author, this, that, uh, I'm not very good at it. But when I'm a little boy with a dove, <laughs> Baba, watch out. There can be some sloppy wet kisses. I'm not too worried what people are saying. All I want to do is what my papa is doing. All I want to say is what my papa is saying. That's the success to what you are seeing up there. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to do some of those things. So I was in one of those modes. I knew that I was daddy's little boy here. And I, I, I sat there and then suddenly God gave me a vision. It was like an open vision. And this is where I'm landing this right now. In this open vision, I saw myself playing basketball. And I don't even play basketball. I don't know what triggered it, but... God in his vision, I'm there playing basketball, and I'm the one with the ball. And it is 89 to 87 on the scoreboard. And the enemy's team, they had black shirts, and they were very big players. And they were very intimidating. And I am the one with the ball. I'm heading towards the three-point line. And I knew enough about basketball. And I've never played basketball. But I knew enough that I had to make that three-pointer for us to create what I call a tipping point. For us to win the game. And if not... The time was ticking out, and it was going to be gone. 
And all of our team is like, go, go, go. You're going to make this. Ooh, yeah, we're going to win. Yeah, make that shot, please. And I felt all this pressure in my vision. And I'm standing there with a the ball, and I'm about to, to throw the ball, but I feel this pressure. If I don't make this now, the enemy is just going to come in. And I knew there was going to be a whole change. And it was not just one nation. It was a tipping point for nations. I'm thinking about 202 nations here and governmental leaders, this, that, this. I mean, it's like all this in one day, and I'm standing there with a the ball, and, and it's kind of, I feel the pressure is up to me. And I'm about to throw, and suddenly I hear, hey, hey. And I'm looking up, and there's this large audience with about 40,000 people. The one gentleman, he stood up with his beard. And he looked at me. And he said, hey, that's my son, Leif. Woo! <laughs> Baba. <laughs> Baba. <laughs> But here is what changed. That look, and that's what you're going to get tonight. That look that I got that day. And still today, it changed me. And it's changed several thousand people since. That same look that Papa gave me, I'm going to just give from Papa God to you. And we're just all over this place if you want this look. But it was three specific things that it did for me. Number one, it does not matter if I score or I do not score. I already am well pleased to my father. He's already well pleased with me. If we win or not, I don't feel the pressure any longer. I feel the pleasure. I want you to get this. This is what it's going to be tonight. I know I said all these other things just for this one, two minute. This is what everything else was set up for as a starting point towards identity, dignity, value, and dreams. It is the pleasure. So when I looked up and I saw Papa, he's already well pleased. Even if everybody else, it doesn't matter. And I did, by the way, for all of you that was nervous, I did. <laughs> and I did score. Tipping point one. I came in. We came into the meetings and it was very nervous and all these cameras and it was different settings. But every single place, I just walked in there as a little boy. It's like, <laughs> wow. It's like going in and having an A-plus on your report card before you take an exam. There is an advantage in the kingdom of God. I know it's called inside trading. <laughs> Baba. I'm not worried they're going to invite me back or not. All I know as a son, I'm just going to do what my papa is doing. All I'm going to say is what my papa is saying. And I'm just going to trust him. And there's freedom. There's freedom when you get that look from Papa. And that look says, you're my. And that look says, you're my beloved. That look says, you're my beloved son. Or you're my beloved daughter. That's that look. But it is from Papa towards you. Well, you don't know about this and that about me or my. Look. And you're going to get that look. Three things. He said, Father's love. Yeah, but that's the, those, there's just three, look, three, and three points to the look. So that doesn't become a pointless look. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Number one is Father's love. Love, light, and life, he said. Here's the three things. I just want you to know so you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a love from Papa. When that look comes towards you, it's just going to go right in. And perfect love is going to move into the deepest root fear of your life. Second of all, he said, there's going to be light in it. And light is going to touch. And the picture I got was in Africa when I took pictures back in the early 90s before digital camera. I was taking pictures. But what happened is I came home and I was going to... I opened up the camera and light came in and it erased all the beautiful pictures that I took. But I realized the pictures can only be developed in dark places and dark rooms. But when the light comes in, it erases all the bad pictures from the past. So the look is going to give you love, taking away fear, light, and then where the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy, he's going to give you life and life abundantly or more abundantly. And he said, life. And the first time it was with a Korean, actually, I just looked and he was taken up to heaven. And he told me about the three experiences he had with the Father, Son, Spirit. It was just from a look from the stage here, I started to look. And when I caught his eyes, without even talking about it, I realized, whoa, this was a confirmation. So you ready? Did that make sense? Is this biblical? Yes. Prove it. Before Jesus had done any miracles, before he had made one shot, there was that look. You're my, my beloved, my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. Before any healings, before any miracles, before any work. That's the starting point. Having the pleasure of the Father. This is going to be the key to your identity. He's pleased with you. And it is the Father's look. I am well pleased with you. I love you. I like you. I delight in you. Can I get the musician up and then let's stand to our feet and we're going to start to release that love right now and... Are you okay? Are, are, you, are you getting something? Uh, something is about to get you. <laughs> you first get it, and then it gets you. And when it becomes you, it starts to leak. But I tell you something, it doesn't matter what you feel, but you're going to feel. What I'm going to do, what I'm asking you to do, no, just relax. That's the only thing I'm asking you, and receive. And what I mean with that is you don't need to pray or do anything else. All I'm going to do is, not, we, because there's not a whole lot of room here, so, there's not, so what I'm probably going to do is just around in the room. I want us just to, they're going to just sing over you and you're just relaxing. And it doesn't take a whole lot of time, but I'm going to give that look. Uh, we did it in Colorado in a seeker-friendly church, mega church. That was the first time I had to test this. And I'm like, Papa, are you sure this is you? I don't know if this is the right setting for it. But I promise as a little boy, when Papa says I'm going to do it, I'm supposed to do it then. By the way, you are on his most wanted poster tonight. <laughs> he wants you. And your value has all to do with desirability. He desire you. That's why the house price is so more expensive here than Kansas. It has to do with desirability. You 
on his desire list. You also can experience the enjoyment of God, how he enjoys you. It's going to change you when you find out how much he enjoys you. But you're going to start to enjoy a God that enjoys you after this look. Let me say that again. You're going to start to enjoy a God that enjoys you after this look. Because you don't have to try to make the ball to be able to get intimacy. You get an intimacy and you get to have fun playing the ball. Living life. Father, I just thank you so much that you are here. I thank you so much just for your reminder. Whoa! I thank you for Brenton, Suzanne, and just their sensitivity to this heart revolution, this heart revival this heart transformation. Thank you, Papa, that what you're doing is you're calling deep. <laughs> and deep is calling to deep. And I see all of these people, there's so much pain in some people's eyes here, but your pleasure is about to change it. Hope is moving in. Love is going to start to touch. So just relax and just hold out your hands. And I'm going to just slowly, we're just going to be here, take a little bit of time. And I'm going to just start to release some waves of liquid love over you first. Whoa, there it comes more, just uh, some more waves. So <laughs> it's just coming up. Whoa, and then it comes down. There it comes another wave. Just whoa, more. Just through just the atmosphere. That's what it is. It is this atmosphere is present. Whoa, shoot. 